0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host Ashutosh Garg and today I have with me a very, very senior and accomplished entrepreneur from Mumbai, India, Purvi Sheth. Purvi, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much Ashutosh.
0: Uh, Purvi is the Chief Executive Officer of Shilputsi Consultants. So Purvi, today let's talk about Shilputsi. I mean, I've been following all the growth Shilputsi has had over the last so many years, and you're quite a force to reckon with. But tell <laughs> me about Shilputsi and the work you do.
1: Thank you. First of all, Ashutosh, thank you for having me here. And and it's a real pleasure to be here with uh, TVI. And I, I think we've um, been speaking, but it's lovely to meet with you as well. Yes. Um, so Shilputsi, uh, it's a 44 year old consulting
2: firm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. started
1: by my mother. I'm a second generation entrepreneur. Um, the firm has been a one stop strategic HR consulting firm mm-hmm. through its entire journey. Yeah. Um, like any mm-hmm. boutique firm, it has changed its itself over a period of time. Right. Um, today, we have three broad service areas that we work on. Mm-hmm. One is HR advisory. So we work with companies helping companies strategize HR, put processes in place, and then help them to even execute some of that and bring some of these strategies alive. Mm -hmm. The second part of what we do is around leadership development. So that's around coaching, we have two franchise uh, programs on leadership, ascendancy and license to lead. Mm -hmm. Um, And we work with a lot of CXOs and CEOs around uh, development and leadership growth. And the third part of what we do is talent acquisition. That is where we help companies find the right talent from various industries uh, at senior levels, board levels and mid-senior levels.
0: Fantastic. So, you know, uh, Purvi, let me take your first uh, uh, leg of the search firms. (laughs) You know, when I finished my business school and started it, it was all about an industrial relations manager, a personnel manager, and so on, and that has now evolved into a very key role of a CHRO. Right. I'd love to get your perspective on how has the HR function evolved over the years.
1: You know, uh, it's interesting, and I get get this question quite a bit. I started my career in the early mid nineties, mm-hmm. and um, I've seen the evolution of HR the basics remain the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't changed taking right. care of people. Mm. But the way HR is done, that has changed in many, many different ways. And I think there are four, or five ways in which I'd say HR has changed from being a support function, what used to be called and I don't know if you remember this, and I'm sure you will, mm. it used to be called personnel. Correct. Right? It was mm. an industrial relations and personnel. Yeah. Um, it's moved from there into a far more engagement related function. Mm -hmm. And um, so the timelines have changed, first of all, Mm -hmm. uh, from an HR perspective, earlier, processes were over months and years, today, they have to be over days, minutes, and sometimes even seconds. Mm -hmm. So timelines have changed. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think has changed is context, the socio political economic context in which we live today, and your employees work today that's completely changed. So Mm -hmm. the context with which you deal with people has changed. Another area that I think is very important is that the workforce has moved from in the Maslow's hierarchy Mm -hmm. from the base level to the next several levels. Today, your HR manager is not dealing with the basics of existential issues Mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, general stability, Today, the HR manager is looking at people who have that basic stability. They're not just grappling for safety needs, but needs that go way above that. Mm. And that's something that's changed in a big way.
2: Mm.
1: HR has become completely core to the business, I think, um, and become quite a, in my view, has become a HR business partner. Mm -hmm. More than just a support
0: function as it used to be. Well said. In fact, I've spoken to so many CEOs, and the CHRO is a very, very key member of the C-suite team that every CEO has. And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense.
1: You know, actually, it's a symbiotic relationship there. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Go ahead, please. Go ahead.
1: You know, it's. I think it's become far more symbiotic. Mm -hmm. Um, So while the HR person has become extremely key and core to the business. The CEO and the business has become very core to HR as well. Right. They cannot function without each other. And mm. that's been very, very interesting as a change as well. Mm. Um, I, if you take the example of Lena Nayer, who's now become the CEO, and Nitin Paranjpe, who's now become the head of people operations. Right. So um, you see that change and the symbiosis between the two quite uh, openly.
0: Very fascinating, very fascinating. So the other part that I wanted to ask you about human resources is Mm -hmm. how is technology changing the human resources function?
1: In a big way. Mm -hmm. In a big way. Um, I think whether it's crisis management or general management, Mm -hmm. technology is touching every aspect of human resources. Mm -hmm. So today, I think technology has changed the way HR works. Mm -hmm. We have information and we have dashboards and. it's become far more predictive and data based mm-hmm. today you can analyze trends based with uh, on technology and there's a lot more around predictive information and analysis mm-hmm. than there is around intuition and that's the big change that technology has brought right. to hr mm-hmm. to make it a lot more precise accurate, efficient mm-hmm. with technology and, and technology has played a huge role mm-hmm. uh, and a big contributor there. Well but um, yeah, my, I, I think my view would be that HR itself will have to transform um, or CHROs will have to transform into becoming more analytical mm-hmm. um, and using a lot more of their uh, people skills uh, while they're also using technology
0: interesting. And another perspective I wanted to get from you was that there are several organizations in the world who are now using artificial intelligence to be able to predict the needs of organizations around the world. And I've spoken to a few uh, such leaders uh, Mm -hmm. who are using AI. What is your perspective on how this is being used? Because I'm sure you're working on something like this yourself.
1: Yes, we are actually. Um, so AI is has been the biggest contributor. And like I was saying, HR has, you know, the operational aspects of HR have been taken over by technology, a large part of it being AI. Mm. Um, whether you're hiring people, you're engaging people using chatbots to even exit interviews today are done by artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. um, the entire employee lifecycle is being managed by artificial in- intelligence in some ways, right? Um, but technology is an enabler. Uh, in my view, and mm-hmm. I think the HR function per se needs to use these enablers in the best possible way, mm-hmm. but also needs to have that human touch and human interface that cannot be replaced by AI. That that's my view.
0: Well yeah. said. Well said. Yeah, I agree. You can never take the human out of human resources, no matter <laughs> how many bots. Are. <laughs> well Absolutely. Said. Well said. So, will we now moving on. In the last two years, have seen a paradigm change in the way organizations are functioning. And a lot of the pressure is coming on the HR function, work from home, trying to figure out how to manage people in different resources. So I'd like to get your perspective on what are some of the key HR challenges Mm
2: -hmm.
0: organizations will face post the pandemic?
1: So, um, just giving a bit of a view around what's happened post pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? two big changes have happened, Ashutosh in my view. Mm-hmm. One is the way businesses run. Mm-hmm. And the other is way we work. Mm-hmm. The way businesses are run today, businesses are far more online, right? Any business mm-hmm. is far more online, there is a lot more that's happening in the virtual world. Mm-hmm. Um, and businesses are throwing money at mm-hmm. technology, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's one big change. A result of that change is the way teams are composed, Mm -hmm. the way skills are required, right? And that's one of the big uh, outcomes of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, where the way skills are looked at, the way organization structures are looked at, Mm -hmm. and therefore, even the way cost of people is looked at, Mm -hmm. has completely changed. So that's been one big challenge uh, in the post pandemic world Mm -hmm. um, that businesses are facing, and therefore HR is also facing. Mm From an HR perspective, and a a general HR, I think one big challenge that I've been uh, experiencing with a lot of the clients that I've been working with, is the work from home and the work from office um, dilemma. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, It's a big dilemma. I think a lot of companies are struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And um, bringing people changing habits again, families have become more important Uh, individuals are looking at themselves, not at the organization, Mm. collaboration, while it happened in the virtual world, we did see a bit of a dip, um, uh, because people were just in their own zones. So that's been, in my view, a big challenge for a lot of companies in the post pandemic world. Um, But I think that is temporary. And over a period of time, we reach a stability of the hybrid workforce. and, And across the board, I think we should be okay.
0: Be Okay, I agree. And uh, there is another very interesting change that is being noticed in the US and Europe, which are these two words, the great resignation. <laughs> uh, I'd love to get your perspective on two parts. One is, why is this happening? And are we seeing something similar in our country as well?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a, a lot of changes in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if I look at statistics per se, Mm in 2021, Mm -hmm. we had, um, I think the top five companies, tech companies were Mm -hmm. actually hiring um, 1.7 lakh people, Mm -hmm. right, Um, in the first nine months. And that's where the great designation came in. There's an Aon study as well, Um, in that there has been about 40-41 industries that have been looked at and um, you see a 21% attrition rate in 21 versus a 12.8% in 2020.
2: Wow. So
1: that's been the great resignation in India. So it's absolutely happened and continues in some ways to happen in mm-hmm. India. Mm-hmm. What are the challenges that I have seen over here? Mm-hmm. One is that the mid-sized companies have uh, faced a lot of attrition. Um, so the, while the big companies have, I think the ones who suffered are the mid-sized and the smaller-sized companies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think perhaps a shakeout was necessary, mm-hmm. um, and there was problems across the board that that needed to uh, be corrected. So some calibration and corrections have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is that the tech boom, uh, because of the pandemic, we saw a tech boom. We needed companies and businesses to become more technology oriented, more capital was being thrown in if you talk to any of the uh, VCs and and PE funds, right? So there's a lot more capital right there. And therefore, a lot of companies had the spend that they could put behind technology and therefore a lot of technology Mm people. But causes, I think, have been a little bit of frustration, people were bored Mm -hmm. of sitting at home doing the same job, wanted a change. Um, So that was one part. The other, I think what happened was and this is just my um, uh, thought process Mm -hmm. is that companies um, weren't able to bring middle management together, create the bonds and there was a lot of middle management attrition that companies saw. So that was the other kind of problem. Um, A little bit of reaction as well to say we took pandemic salary cuts. So some of those were the reasons Mm. for all of this. Um, And people, you know, uh, one of the things and this is an interesting anecdote, um, there was somebody in a company that I was working with um, and helping them and he said, I want to resign and I said, why do you want to do this? He wanted to go back to his hometown Mm -hmm. and he said, look, I've learned that I can work from my hometown even if it's a uh, tier three town Mm -hmm. of India, Mm -hmm. I can work from there and Mm -hmm. so people have become more comfortable working from where they want to work. and choosing jobs that can allow them to do that. So that's been the other interesting piece.
2: Very
0: well said. Very well. What a great response. So, Purvi, now moving on. Um, let me come to your other part, which is where you uh, find people for other organizations. And again, I remember in the 90s uh, when I was uh, at an age where I was being head hunted, uh, as they used <laughs> to say. You know, almost like cannibals. So you know that I'm going to come and do a head. Hunt. <laughs> The, the, these firms have almost have evolved into search firms. I'd like to get your perspective on how have search firms evolved uh, over the years again?
1: Okay, that, that's a good question. And you're absolutely right. I loathe the word uh, hunt, uh, headhunters. Mm-hmm. And I always used to tell people that we're not hunting. You know,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, I know.
1: So I think search firms, headhunters, um, talent acquisition firms, all of these are interchangeable uh, labels and terms really. Mm. But I think the role of consulting firms have changed over just like HR has changed, a lot has changed in the talent acquisition space as well. Technology has brought in um, the ability to look for candidates much faster and easier. Mm. So Search firms or talent acquisition partners have become more business partners mm-hmm. to their clients. So that's the first change that's happened, mm-hmm. right? Initially, and I remember in the nineties, right, the the talent pool was narrow. We had a room of database, so we had physical database resumes. And we had a room where we could put all these resumes and files. Mm -hmm. Today, even the cloud is not big enough to store the amount of data there is in terms of the number of people. So the talent pool has increased quite a bit. Mm -hmm. The role of the search firm is no longer to say, okay, let me just find talent, anyone has access to the names, the candidates, but to actually find the right candidate contextualized to the job, find the right candidate The right kind of attitudes, the culture fit, um, making an analysis of whether an individual will stay in the job and has the resilience to remain there and to take on the challenges that these jobs need. That part, the analysis is where the search firm comes in a lot more. Um, Otherwise, uh, like I said, there's a lot more access today. And CEOs like yourself probably didn't take calls of headhunters in those days. Today, I think that has changed quite a bit.
0: I agree. agree. But uh, let me ask you this next question for Mm -hmm. a lot of our young viewers and listeners. uh, And I've spoken to many, I think one of the most exciting things for a professional, young professional is to get a call from a search firm. Uh, you know, suddenly everyone says, oh, now I've arrived. Someone has started to track my career. I want to get your view on at what stage do you start looking at young individuals uh, and get them on your radar?
2: Um,
1: So, you know, one of the things that's happened actually is with technology and social media, both Mm -hmm. um, that access to young and senior managers Mm -hmm. is easier. Mm -hmm. right? Um, And therefore, I think the gap, the the wide gap in the hierarchy of online portals versus search firms has reduced quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Today, search firms themselves rely on online portals to give you the data and information about people. Uh, But I think the stage at which, especially for our firm, the stage at which we tend to start contacting candidates ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, is at the mid-senior and the senior level, when you reach a stage of leadership, Mm -hmm. uh, where there is a certain contribution that you have been able to make both Mm -hmm. as an individual contributor, Mm -hmm. and as a team leader. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point at which search firms start taking note and taking notice. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, um, I think it's if you've been contributing and doing something exciting as a young person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would say that the search firm will find you.
0: <laughs> well said. So uh, we're now going to move on. And I'm going to talk to you about, you know, your two franchises, you spoke about it very briefly, right in the beginning, uh, License to Lead and Ascendancy. Tell me a little bit about both of these. And you're the chief curator, I think of uh, these also. So tell me a little bit about these and how it works.
1: Thank you. This is, this is my passion. So you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have to stop me at some point, Ashutosh, but I'm going to quickly tell you what yeah, this is yeah, about. Okay. So um, License to Lead is an online mentoring program for women leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are women leaders who um, have reached a level of leadership, are looking to renew themselves, looking to understand areas and newer areas of leadership. Mm-hmm. It's a six-month online program. Uh, here we work uh, across different areas of leadership and business whether it's strategy, finance, mergers and acquisitions, governance, so on and so forth. Um, We also combine that with women role models from across the world. So we have sessions that are taken by women role models from different parts of the world, and they come and talk about their inspiring stories. Mm. Um, And we also help women leaders in the course of the program on self-awareness, as well as setting goals and milestones to achieve. So during the course of the program, you're not only getting mentored, you're not only getting all this knowledge, but you're also going through a journey of self-awareness and goal and milestone planning. So it's a six-month online program for women leaders, both entrepreneurs as well as uh, professional women working at leadership levels. Mm. Ascendancy is a program that is uh, gender agnostic. It's for mid-senior leaders, who are in the process of moving into more leadership roles, Uh, we take it's a three-month program, again, virtual, only on Saturdays, and um, it tackles four or five topics. One is strategic thinking in everything that you do. The other is around financial management, and leadership, and then of course, communication, and a bit around compliance and process. So all leadership related topics, and it's done over three months, again, all virtual.
0: Oh, interesting. Wonderful. Thank you. So I've got time for a couple of more questions. And I'm going to okay. move to the last segment because my
2: mm-hmm.
0: viewers and listeners love to get to know my guest a little better. <laughs> so, uh, two or three questions for you personally that I say. Uh, mm-hmm. Urbeen, in, a, in, a, in an incredible career that you have uh, had uh, as an entrepreneur, what would you say are three key milestones or pivot points?
1: Um. I think there have been many milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there have been quite a few interesting um, points at which we've had um, a, a very interesting journey, but I'm going to talk about a couple of professional ones and then a couple of personal or social ones. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, from my perspective, mm-hmm. um, one big milestone was when I um, became the CEO of Mm -hmm. Um, Shilputsi. I started out wanting to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized very early on in my career that I didn't, um, uh, the world was not as idealistic as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I came begging to my mother, I used to intern at Shilputsi. And I came begging and she said, sure, you can come to Shilputsi and work, but you'll start right at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Started my Journey writing envelopes to candidates, uh, requesting them to uh, uh, send their resumes. Mm. So, um, from that to the journey of becoming a CEO, uh, in between, I did a program at the Wharton Business School. I did a mid career program on strategy and leadership for a year. So, that um, and then to becoming the CEO was was one big milestone for me. Another milestone for me, um, which happened a few years ago was when um, I became a board member Mm -hmm. of Shilputsi's first client. Wow, Our first client um, sometime in the early, late 70s, um, when my mother started. And um, we've had this relationship and we're a highly relationship-oriented firm. Mm -hmm. Um, They they used to work with my mom. Um, At that time, their patriarch. Now I'm working with his grandson's. And I was invited to be on the board. For me, that Mm. was a big milestone to carry that legacy forward, right. Um, And we continue to carry legacies like that forward with Mm. clients uh, we've had since the 80s. Um, At a personal level, um, a couple of milestones. Um, A few years ago, I started something called the Happy Kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a weekend gig that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to cook. Mm -hmm. So I combined that passion along with my passion for doing something for children, Mm -hmm. especially children with cancer. So proceeds of, uh, I don't charge for my cooking services. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I request my patrons to pay and I've been doing this now for the last few years. All that money goes into charity to St. Jude, which is a uh, childcare center for children with Mm -hmm. cancer. So that's been a big milestone for me. And we've raised a lot of money for St. Jude through this. So um, that that, that's been something that's interesting. Um, yeah. And and then I think one personal milestone has been that my mother, a couple of years ago, was very unwell and bedridden. And the doctors had said, look, we can't do very much. Mm. Um, and we decided to take a risk and put her through a surgery, a back surgery. Mm. And um, she was uh, unwell for a long time. But touch wood, Ashutosh, she is now walking around. And last month, she turned 85 and we were able to take her to Alibag for her 85th birthday celebration.
0: Amazing. So amazing. Amazing. Fantastic. Fantastic. What great milestones. Uh, and I should be, should, should be my last question to you. Uh, and this is for the, all the young people listening. What would your advice be to a young individual starting off on her or his journey uh, in life?
1: You know, I don't know how much young people like to listen to advice, but since you've asked me the question, I'm going to answer it. right? Um, I think um, two or three things that I would advise young people to look at. Um, One is in the times of great resignation, remember that the fruit sometimes is in the long term. Mm -hmm. So don't jump at every opportunity, take your time, understand what your opportunities are and decide your career path and career plan. Mm -hmm. Don't be impulsive in the way. Today, a lot of the successful CEOs that we see are Mm -hmm. the ones who haven't changed jobs every year. So so that's one big advice that I would give. Mm -hmm. Um, The second is around connecting dots, do new things, Mm -hmm. take some chances, take some risks, find yourself, Mm -hmm. right? but don't make so many dots. That you can't connect them. Wow. Um, so that's that's the second piece of advice that I would give mm. that quality over quantity any day and, and make the dots, I'm a big fan of connecting the dots but just make sure that you're able to connect those dots and don't just have a map of dots on your uh, career and your life. Mm. Um, and last piece
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that I absolutely believe in and I tell a lot of my um, the, the people I coach and mentor is joyousness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's a lot of frustration I see among young people, there's a lot of anxiety, stress, stay in the moment, be joyous, enjoy what you're doing, success, life, money, fame, all of that will come to you. But mm-hmm. be in your moment and enjoy life and be joyous.
0: Amazing. amazing. You know, don't, don't have so many dots that you can't connect to them. I think that's <laughs> such amazing advice. Will be on that note, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about Shilputsi and all the different things that you're doing. Thank you for talking to me about the great resignation, about search firms, about your uh, franchisees, licensed lead and ascendancy and about the amazing work that you're doing for St. Jude's. <laughs> thank you again and good thank luck. You.
1: Thank you. Thank you Ashutosh, lovely meeting you and keep in and touch.
0: Thank you.